so we're, uh, we're doing this series right now called Sticks and Stones. So we're jumping into that. The reason you did get the little hearts in your seat today, just a reminder, uh, we said last week, we ended the message last week by saying uh, our heart is the source for our words, right? That was what we ended with last week. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this, Jesus speaking in Luke chapter six, he says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. And so today we gave everybody a little bit of heart and it's got some words on it. Why? Because our words come from our heart. Before we get into that, though, last week we talked about the power of our words. And we said that words are very powerful and the way we use them is important. Um, there was this court, uh, this trial one time, and, and uh, during the trial, the, the defense attorney or the prosecuting attorney, he, um, he called up a witness and he called this lady. She was, she's an older lady, a retired teacher, and, and she had been in this little town for years and years and years. And, and, um, and so he called her up there, and, and when he called her up there, uh, he began to question this lady, and, and as he questioned her, for whatever reason, his, his line of questioning went the direction of, do you know me? And she said, of course, I know you. She said, I taught you in third grade. She said, I remember every time you got in trouble. She said, you have grown up and become a despicable person. She said, you are a liar and a manipulator. And she said, and I remember the time you got in trouble for drugs um, because you were you know, smoking pot out behind the high school. She said, I know everything about you. And the guy was, uh, the, the attorney was kind of shocked, you know, like he was like flabbergasted and he was like, well, well, do, do you know him? And he pointed at the, um, at the defense attorney and she said, yes, I do know him. And yes, he is, um, the defense attorney in this case. She said, but I taught him in third grade too. And I know everything about him. I know how he grew up. I know how he never went to church. I remember how he cheated on his wife, how he's, uh, how he stole money from the law firm. She said, I heard all the stories about him and she just begin to give a laundry list of all the bad things that these two lawyers had done. And about that time, the judge, you know, hit his gavel and he said, he, he called the, the attorneys up to the front and he said, he called them in close and he, he got them where only they could hear what he said. And he said, boys, if either one of you ask her if she knows me, I'm throwing you both in jail. <laughs> Words are powerful. Words are powerful. Words can even change the judge's heart, right? Um, so words are very powerful. And, and we said last week that they come from our heart. And so what I want to do before I get into the, what we might would consider the nuts and bolts of a message where we're really talking about, well, how do I use my words and, and what words do I need to be saying or not saying and all that kind of stuff. Um, before we get into that, that will come in the next two weeks. So next week, we'll talk about some conversations we need to be having. One of those conversations is a conversation with ourself, right? I don't want to spoil the message, but, but sometimes it's good to talk to yourself. Have you ever talked to yourself before? Is, who, who are my self-talkers in here? Yeah, I figured um, you guys on that road would talk to yourselves a lot. Um, we talk to ourselves sometimes. I remember when Bluetooth first came out and this woman had a Bluetooth, um, uh, a Bluetooth thing in her, in her ear and she was driving down the road and I saw her talking uh, and I just thought that woman has lost her mind because she was giving somebody the business. But I thought it was just her talking to herself. Anyways, we'll talk about that next week. And then the week after that, we're going to talk about sowing seeds, um, that our words can be seeds that we sow into the lives of other people. And so not only will we talk about next week talking to ourselves, we'll talk about talking to other people the week after that. But today we're going to continue with some some groundwork that I think is important. It's good to, to know about the practical side of how to talk to someone, 
But if Jesus says that our words come from our heart, if our heart is wrong, then all that other stuff is just knowledge. It's not going to be something that actually works for us. we got to get the heart part right. And if the heart part is right, then the word part will be very natural to us. And so today we're going to talk about the heart. Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23. If you want a main verse for the day, Proverbs 4.23 is a good one. This is one you can memorize. It says this, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The word guard there, in some translations, says tend or watch. And, and whenever you look that word up in the Hebrew, it literally means to, um, to tend a garden. Like it's a gardening term. It's not um, guard. Like when I think of guard, when, when, I was a, when I was a little kid and we lived in Guatemala for a few years, um, you would go to the gas station and even at the gas station, there would be an armed guard. There would be a dude standing there with an M16 or a shotgun at the gas station, right? Like they were serious about not stealing the mints. You know what I mean? Like it was very important to them. And that's what I think of when I think of armed guard. I think of uh, one time I went to a mall and I didn't realize what kind of mall I went to, right? Um, sometimes you go to malls. And, and when you go to the mall, it's just regular stores. And then sometimes when you're out of town and you go to a mall, you slip into the wrong kind of mall. I went to the wrong kind of mall. I went to a mall that was way above my pay grade. This was a mall that had a Tiffany's in it, and the Tiffany's had an armed guard at the front door, right? I went to another store. I was like, oh, that's interesting that they've got an armed guard at this place. So I went to another store, and they had T-shirts. Their T-shirts were over $100 for a T-shirt. And I was like, there is nothing in this mall that I can afford. And we left. We apparently were in the old, rich part of Florida. There's only one part of that that's there, and we found it. So, um, so we, there's this idea of guarding, but that's not what the, this means. When the Bible says guard your heart, it means to tend it like a garden. To tend it like a garden. So, so today, I, I want to kind of give you some... Uh, I'm not going to do gardening terms because I'm not a gardener. And, and, and I, don't, I know we've got gardeners in the room, and you guys would make fun of me if I try to be a gardener, and you know I'm not. But, but I will give you, uh, uh, if, if anybody ever hunts deer, then I can help. We'll talk like deer talk today, okay? We'll do some deer talk. So um, one of the things I love to do is I, I love to do a little bit of research. I love to hunt. I really do enjoy hunting. Um, I enjoy eating deer, and so I need uh, to, to find ways to get more deer, right? Like that's the thing, fill the freezer. And, and so I was doing a little research and here's what I found out. I found out that there are ways to cultivate your land, your hunting land in order to get more deer accessible. And, and the way is you help the deer and the deer help you in turn. And so, um, and so I did a little research and I, I found a few things. And so today I'm going to use those thoughts on cultivating land to help us garden our heart, right? So the first thing that you have to do is you have to open up the canopy, burn the weeds, and till the ground. I know that's three things. Open up the canopy, burn the weeds, till the ground. What does that mean? Well, if you're going to create a, a food plot for a deer, you're going to create a green field for a deer, a place where deer can come and eat. The first thing you've got to do in your woods is you've got to open up the canopy. You've got to clear out some trees because plants need light, and so you open up this area, you cut down some trees in an area so that the light can get in. And, and then you've got to burn all the weeds. So you set fire to it, control burn, you burn all the undergrowth, and then you have to till up the soil to prepare the soil. And so in thinking about guarding our hearts, tending the garden of our hearts, 
the first thing we've got to do is open up the canopy. And that's, a, that's just another way of uh, an illustration for the idea of, uh, of revelation, of examining what's in our heart, revealing what's in our heart. Have you ever had one of those moments in life where you did something, you said something, you thought something, but you didn't realize where that thought, that action, those words were actually coming from? You know, like there's been times in our life. I don't know about you. Nobody raised your hand. So now I feel a little embarrassed. Let's just say me. Okay, I'm the one. There have been times in my life where I've had attitudes and thoughts. I've, I've had actions and I did not recognize the fact that the reason I was saying those things, the reason I was doing those things was because of something maybe in my past or something down in my heart that was coming through in my actions and words. And I didn't even recognize it. And that's the truth. That kind of stuff happens to us. And so we have to learn to examine our own heart, to open up the canopy, allow the light of the Spirit to come in. So here's what the Bible says in Psalm 26, 2. It says, test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. John 16, 8 says this. And when he comes talking about the Holy Spirit, this is Jesus speaking. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. A couple of things to think about there is that the Holy Spirit is going to do something for us. He is going to reveal sin in our life. The Holy Spirit will reveal the things in our life that aren't right. He will also reveal the things in our right that are in our lives that are that are right. He'll reveal righteousness to us and help us walk in that. And then he's going to talk to us about judgment. And what does that mean? Judgment just means this this kind of awe and and um, reverence that we have for God that we recognize He's not Jesus isn't just a buddy. He's not just a buddy. He's a king. He's a judge. He, he's someone to be honored and respected. Okay, why am I saying all that? The first thing we've got to do is open up the canopy. We've got to allow the light of the Spirit of God to move into our life. We've got to examine our hearts and see what's really inside there. Whenever I was... Uh, I really am all for small groups, and we've got small groups starting up. If you want to sign up for one, there's a QR code in the back. You can scan that. You can get signed up for a small group. And, um, and, and one of the first times I went to a small group, one of the things that happened to me is I was dealing with a lot of issues. And this small group, I've shared some of this before. This small group was a small group full of people that I did not know. And so I went to this small group, and I had a lot of issues going on inside of me, and I just didn't realize where they were coming from. I had a lot of attitudes and negativity and um, discouragement that I was dealing with, and I didn't recognize where all of that was coming from. And it wasn't until I got into this small group that, and I allowed the Holy Spirit to minister to me that my heart was opened up, and I began to see the different areas of my life that I needed to work on. Sometimes we don't even know what to work on until we allow God to do a work in our life to open us up. And then, then once you do that, then you got to burn the weeds. you got to burn all the undergrowth. And what does that mean? That's, that's confession, First uh, John 1, 19. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. And, and I want to say something here. We say this a lot in this church, and, and I need to help establish the culture here. But the culture of this church is always going to be that confession is a good thing, not a bad thing. The, the culture of this church is always going to be that repentance is a good thing, not a bad thing. That if you're not confessing and repenting on a regular basis, it might be that you're missing something in your life. You're missing out on, on some power from God that you need in your life. 
And, and so the Bible says this in Hebrews 4, 16. Let us then with confidence, that word confidence means boldness, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace and uh, to help us in our time of need. In other words, we can be confident to step before God and confess whatever's going on inside of us. So we need to allow the Holy Spirit, God, search me, see what's in my heart. And then once it's revealed, now I need to confess that. And the Bible says we confess to God and we're forgiven. We confess to man and we are healed. So confession should be a regular part of what we do. That's why you're going to always see if if nobody comes down or everybody comes down, we're always going to have people ready to pray at the end of service. Why? Because you may be sitting in a service and I may be talking about something or, or, or Pastor Nathan or Pastor Mike, somebody's going to be up here talking about something. And whatever is spoken, there's going to be one thing that the Holy Spirit reveals to you. You're going to have that moment. I love Sunday mornings because Sunday mornings is like opening up the canopy. And, and you're going to have that moment where God's going to reveal something to your heart, to your life. And you're going to need a place, an outlet to get rid of that. And so that's why we have people down here for prayer. Why? So you can come down and you can confess, hey, man, I'm dealing with something. I've got some I've got this issue in my life. I need someone to pray with me about. And that's where we step in and we help you. Why? Because it's important that you not only confess for healing, I mean, for forgiveness, but also for healing. And then the last thing that that I want to mention in there is tilling up the ground and and, and tilling up the ground. Just it, it just means that you're removing all the all the things that would hinder growth in your life. Right. I want to get all the stuff. That's going to hinder growth in my life. And, and, and sometimes it's, it's little things in my life that I don't realize are there. And, and if I can just dig those things out. This, uh, this past couple of weeks, I've just been dealing with some stuff um, internally. Just some, some attitudes and, and, and some, some thoughts. And I just thought, man, there's something... There's just something not right. There's something missing. Have you ever had those moments? You, you don't really know what it is, but you know there's just something missing. And, and, and so I've just been thinking about it and praying about it. And I, I read my Bible and I'm not really finding it. And, and over the last probably two weeks or so, maybe three weeks, um, I, I'd be flipping through YouTube on my phone and I would see this one message. Uh, it, it was a sermon that kept kept popping up and and it looked kind of interesting, and I thought, nah, and, and I just kept skipping it. And I thought, well, I'll come back to it one day, and I, I might come back. And it's weird, like, sometimes, however the algorithm works, like, usually if you watch something, then, then those kind of things will keep popping up. But I never watched this message, but it kept popping up on my feed. And finally, one day, I was like, you know what, this thing keeps popping up, I'm going to check it out. So I clicked the video, and when I clicked the video, it was this message, and it was like God began to speak to my heart. And it was everything that you've been thinking about, the things that you felt were off or not right and you weren't sure about, here's what it is. And this big moment of revelation happened to me. And I was like, oh man, okay. So what did I do? I confessed. I repented. You know, like, like I'm all right, God, this is the things that I need to hear. And so sometimes we've got to just till up the soil. You've got to get your hands dirty sometimes with your life and dig some stuff up because we want our heart to be right so that we'll produce right things. So the second thing you do once you get the soil prepared is you got to plant good seeds. Galatians 6, uh, 7 and 8 says this. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. Whatever it is that we're putting into our mind, whatever it is we're putting into our heart will eventually come out. 
And you just need to know that. I mean, this isn't something Gabriel's making up. This is something that the Bible says. This is an eternal truth from Genesis to Revelation. It's always mentioned as the truth that whatever you sow, you will reap. Now, we use this a lot whenever preachers use this a lot when they're talking about offering, right? If you give money, you'll get money back. If you give a Mercedes, you'll get a Mercedes, whatever the case is. I don't know. But the truth is it happens in every part of our life. Whatever I'm sowing into my heart, into my mind, it's those things I'm going to reap at some point. Even to the point like this, we had a, uh, when I used to work at at, uh, this school in Hoover, um, I used to work with Kate, and, and if you guys know Will Parker, we all used to work together at this school, and, and I was in special education, and, and, um, and I remember one day I had, to, I had to sit in for the speech therapist. I am not a speech therapist, didn't know what I was doing, but she had to be out, and so I had to sit in and take some of her students, and so I'm sitting in for the speech therapist, and this, this little guy comes in, he's a kindergartner, and, and I think he was somewhere on the autism spectrum, and, and, um, and, and so he came in, and he sat down in front of me, and as we began to talk through the stuff that we had to talk through, I, I recognized this British accent. And I was like, that's odd. This kid's got a British accent in Hoover, Alabama. But we had a lot of kids that were from the Middle East and, and a lot of kids that were, uh, you know, Latino. And so we were, I thought, well, maybe this kid's, you know, from England. Like, who knows? And so, um, but then I thought, I know his mom and his mom's not British. Maybe his dad's British. And so I asked one of the other people in the room, I said, hey, it, are his is his family from England? And they said, no, no, his family's 100% American. They said, but he watches a British cartoon every day. And it affected the way he spoke. He watched this British cartoon, and then he spoke with a British accent all the time. All the time. And it's crazy. What you put in, even at the point of watching a cartoon, will eventually come out. Listen, I, I was watching a, a, an action movie the other day, and in every action movie, there's a car chase scene, right? And so I get in the car with my daughter, and we're driving, and I had just watched this action movie, and then I realized how fast I was driving. And I'm like trying to pass people, and I'm driving like this, you know, and I'm checking my, my mirrors every time because the bad guys might be coming. You don't know. And so I'm, I'm flying down the road, and I realized what I was doing. I had watched a car chase scene, and then I was living it out. Thank God I recognized it before the cop really gave me a car chase, right? That would have been bad. And and, and it's just something you need to understand. I know those are silly illustrations, but it's so true in life that the things that we constantly feed ourselves... So think about the media that you're consuming. And then you wonder why you talk to your kids the way you talk to your kids. You wonder why you have that attitude with your boss. The the reason you have that attitude. Think about what you're consuming. Think about the podcasts you listen to. Think about the TV shows you watch, the movies you watch, the music we listen to. Think about the people we surround ourselves with and what is the message that is constantly being fed to us. Listen, it's not hard whenever I do marriage counseling with people or I do uh, financial counseling with people. Listen, I can do financial counseling with people and I can almost every time tell you if someone gets themselves in trouble financially, a lot of times if I look at their friends and who they're putting themselves with, they're putting themselves with people that spend more than they make. And so these people, what do they do? They spend more than they make. Why? Because it's something they're constantly consuming. They're listening to, they're hearing about, they're living it out. In marriages, it's the same way. 
What are you consuming? And then how is that coming out in your life? Think about your dreams. Do I have any active dreamers in here? I am a very vivid active dreamer. And my wife hates it because I always want to tell her my dreams. And she gets so annoyed. But I love, I, I love dreaming. But if I'm watching, if I'm watching a TV series, I remember, I remember my wife um, one time, she, she likes to watch movies. And uh, like we'll watch whatever, Hallmark movies. You know, Christmas time, it's all Hallmark movies. And I love Hallmark movies. They're my favorite, 100%. I can fall asleep in a Hallmark movie. Like, like some people take melatonin. I just turn on a Hallmark movie, and I'm out, like, gone. And, and so my wife would turn them on, but I started noticing, like, at Christmas time, all of my dreams, I'm in a Hallmark movie, right? Every dream, every dream, I'm going back home, you know, to, to my long-lost town, and I'm working in a coffee shop. You know, and then I meet Perry and I remember that I used to date her when we were younger and then we get together like every dream is the same, just like every Hallmark movie is the same. The, the thing is, whatever is implanted into your mind eventually comes out. So what do we need to do? We need to plant good seeds. We need to plant good seeds. Stop planting bad seeds. If you start recognizing some thoughts in your life some actions in your life, some attitudes in your heart that aren't right, check what seeds you've been planting. I've said this a million times, but, but there was a, a certain TV show um, that I watched one time, and, and I thought it was very popular at the time. This is years ago. It was very popular. But the whole TV show, the whole premise of the show was adultery. The whole thing, and I didn't realize that at the time when I, when I first turned it on, but I turned on the TV show, and the whole thing, every episode, the, the first, I say every, the first two episodes that I watched, it was all about men cheating on their wives with women at work or, or whatever. And I thought, this isn't good, you know. But then, but then here's the thing. If you're watching a show, so I turned it off. I said, I can't watch this anymore because I don't want, I don't want to cheat on my wife. A, it's wrong, and B, she might shoot me. And so um, I was like, I don't want to do this. And so, so what did I do? I turned off the bad seeds that were coming into my mind. Now, there was other people that I knew at the time that were watching the show, and I, I can't speak for them. I'm not going to go tell everybody that you can't watch the show because I can't watch the show. It's just not what I wanted to put into my brain. And, and so you got to think about turning off the bad seed and, and then allowing good seed to come in. Psalm 119.11 says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word hidden there means to treasure. I have treasured your word in my heart. I have another word for it is hoarded. If you've ever watched hoarders, you know what I'm talking about. Well, they just keep stacking up. He says, I have hoarded your word in my heart. I just keep filling my heart up with more and more and more of your word. Why? Because I don't want to sin against you. Because I know that whatever's in me is what's going to come out of me. And if I've got your word deep in my heart, if I'm filling up the treasury of my heart with your word, then it's your word, it's your actions, it's your attitude, it's your character that's going to come out in me. Philippians 4, 8 says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. We've got to be planting the right seeds in our life. Planting the right seeds. Listen, you're struggling with your relationship with your wife. 
watching a sitcom, watching a rom-com, that's not going to help you in your relationship with your spouse. Turn on a marriage podcast, a Christian marriage podcast, and see what they're saying. See how they talk to each other. See the conversations that they're having. It's, it's feeding yourself the right stuff. The last thing is this. The third one is this. You've got to protect the new plant. So in this, in this study that I was reading from Tuskegee, this, this professor at Tuskegee did this whole study on deer. And, and one of the things he said is you've got to open up the canopy, clear out the ground, and, and till up the soil and plant you know, good grass, some, some kind of grass that's going to grow even in the wintertime so the deer will come eat it. And, and he, you know, he's planting alfalfa and clover and rye, and he mixes it all together and all this stuff. But then the other thing he says is you've got to also plant like like fruit stuff, like, like strawberries and blackberries, and you plant them around the edge of the field. And he says, but here's the problem with planting those things. Deer love them so much that they will come in and they will begin to eat that fruit plant. And they won't just eat the fruit, they'll eat the leaves. And they won't just eat the leaves, they'll eat the stems. And they'll eat it all the way down to the ground until it dies. That deer just mow it down. And he says, so what you do is you take a, a, a piece of fence... Stuart, we're thinking about this already, right? We're getting ready for next year. I can see, like, Stuart, he didn't take notes on anything else, but when I started talking about this, he's like, okay, I got to, how do I get more deer? Um, and, so, and so the thing is, it, 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 so what you do is you take two pieces of fence and you zip tie them together in the A-frame and you put it over the plant. Now, now the, the plant can grow up and out through the fence, but the deer can only eat it to the fence. They can't eat it all the way to the ground. So you set up a border... You set up a boundary for that deer that the deer can only get so far it can't kill the plant. So what do I need to do with my heart? How do I protect my garden? I've got to allow the Holy Spirit to look inside. I've got to get light, right? I've got to, I've got to till up the ground. I've got to get all the bad stuff. I've got to burn the weeds. I've got to get all the bad stuff out. I've got to plant good seeds. I'm planting God's word. I'm planting things that are going to build me up, not tear me down. But then I've got to protect it. I've got to protect it. And, and what we do sometimes is we, we tend to protect our hearts from people by shutting everyone out. Now, notice in my, in my illustration, the deer can still eat the fruit. You're not shutting the deer out, but you're only allowing the deer to get so far. And with our hearts, we can only allow negative people, hurtful people, aggressive people, we can only allow them so far into our life. There's got to be a place where all of that stops. And so the Bible says this in Proverbs 27, 6. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. I like that one. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Something Bobby shared earlier when he was talking is he said... Um, he said, we need iron sharpening iron relationships. We need people that are going to tell us the truth, even if it hurts. But one of the things he noticed it, that he made note of is he said, it's fine if I tell him something that hurts his feelings. Notice Bobby didn't say, I want everybody that I come in contact to hurt my feelings. Right? Why would he only want me to hurt his feelings? He only wants me to hurt his feelings because he knows I love him and I'm his friend. And so he wants the truth from me. But if you get everybody, if everybody that you come in contact with is telling you the truth, it's going to hurt your feelings, right? And so, so we've got to figure out how to, how to deal with that. Proverbs 21.9 says this, It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. 
Now, guys, I know you all took notes on that. Don't get yourself in trouble. Think it is Valentine's. You're right. It's Valentine's week. So, fellas, unless you want her to put you in the attic for reals, be careful. Be careful taking notes on this one. Listen, think about the... I want you to see the bigger concept. Bigger concept. Jake, let me help your marriage. Bigger concept. It's not just about that one verse. The idea is this. If you have people in your life that are constantly trying to hurt your heart with their words, it would be better for you to step back. It'd be better for you to put yourself in a different position than to allow them to abuse you over and over again with their words. And so it's important for us to understand that. So I've had this conversation multiple times over the last two weeks, three weeks maybe. And in my conversations that I've had with some people, uh, I've come across a couple of things that, that I feel like it's important for us all to hear. It's kind of practical on how to deal with people. Um, and, and this is some of the stuff I have to deal with personally. So these are some of the areas that I work through myself. But when I went camping um, a couple of years ago, I took my son, my oldest son, and my dad and my brother-in-law. We all went camping on this island. And, and while we were camping on the island, we decided to fish. And we wanted to catch and eat whatever we wanted to eat, whatever we caught, right? And that was going to be our way of, of having food. Of course, we brought extra food just in case, you know. And so, um, so we're catching these fish, and we're catching these little mangrove snapper, and we'll pull them up, and we, we cook them. My dad would cook them and eat them. Um, and so my son had, had never had fish like this. Most of the time when my son eats fish, you know, it's, it's filleted. And so there's no bones in it. You know, he's eating fish from the restaurant, not something he just caught. But, but with us cooking them ourselves, we had the bones and, and all in there. So, so we're eating this fish, bones and all. And as we're eating the fish, bones and all, we, we told my son, listen, here's the key. You've got to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Eat the meat and spit out the bones. There's going to be times in your life when people are going to talk to you and you're going to have to learn how to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Not everything that someone says to you is beneficial for you. You've got to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Not everything that someone says to you is personal. Think about this. Just because someone criticizes or critiques or talks to you about your job or your, uh, or your lifestyle or your marriage or your parenting or whatever the case is, it's not always personal. Pastor Jonathan and I were talking the other day about this same subject, and I was, as an illustration, I said, you know, Jonathan, if I ever told you I don't like a song that we sing on Sunday morning, you have one of two ways to look at it. You can view it as, I don't like you, or you can view it as, I just don't like that song. But what a lot of us do is when someone says something like that to us at our job or in our, with our spouse, they say something like that, we take everything personal. You're saying, I'm a bad husband. I'm a bad father. I'm a bad uh, wife. I'm a bad coworker. I'm a bad boss or whatever the case is. We take it personal. It's not always personal. It's not always beneficial. It's not always personal. And it's not always about you. We need to remember that not everybody that is attacking us with their words is doing it because of us. Sometimes they're doing it because they have a problem. When I worked at the school, um, when I worked at the elementary school, one of the one of the jobs I had uh, at one point was called behavioral interventionist, right? And and so I worked with a lot of kids that didn't have dads. I worked with a lot of kids that were um, abused. Uh, I worked with a lot of kids that came from really terrible home lives. 
And, and a lot of times these kids would lash out. They would be so mean to me. Um, I, I, one of my favorite stories of all time, and, and the band, you guys can come up. One of my favorite stories of all time was um, I, I went to read with this kid. And I, and I know I've told this story before, but we've got some new people in the room today, so it gives me a chance to tell my stories again. And so I go to read with this kid, and, and our goal was just to read a book together. But he hated me. He absolutely hated me. And so I went to read with this kid one day, and I thought, man, this is going good. He hasn't cussed me out. He hasn't tried to bite me. He hasn't tried to hit me. Like, this is going really well today. And he's just sitting there, and he's just listening to me read. And I'm like, we are doing this thing. And I'm, I'm reading to him, and all of a sudden, he just goes, <gasps> and I said, what are you doing? I said, were you holding your breath the whole time? He said, yes. I said, why were you holding your breath? He said, I was trying to die so I wouldn't have to listen to you read. I said, you little jerk. Now, here's the thing. I can take that personal. I can take that personal. I probably should. Probably should. That may not be a good example. If any of you just, like, take a big breath right now, I would throw this microphone at you. Like, uh, I could take that personal. Or, or I can remember that this kid's home life is terrible. I can remember that some of the kids I worked with came from abusive situations. And, and sometimes whenever your boss is talking to you and he's saying things and you're very upset and you feel like he's being abusive, you need to remember that that he may be going through something that you're not seeing. Sometimes whenever your spouse is, is yelling at you and they're mad and they're upset, you need to remember that there may be something else going on in their life. And they need this cycle that we're talking about of allowing the Holy Spirit's light to shine in their heart. Not everything is beneficial. Not everything is is personal. Not everything's about you. Sometimes it's about them. Sometimes they're hurt. The old saying is hurt people, hurt people. So we got to learn how to eat the meat, spit out the bones, protect your heart. Why do I say that part? It's important if our heart is protected, then we can be healing to other people. But if our heart is constantly in a state of hurt, then we're going to be hurtful to other people. Let me end the message with this. Two verses or two passages. One is Psalm 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. When we recognize the sin and the hurt and the pain, the disappointment, the insecurity, the pride, when we recognize all these things in our heart, sometimes it kind of hurts our feelings. This morning, whenever, um, well, when I was listening to that video, uh, listening to that sermon, and I recognized some of the stuff that I thought I'd been dealing with in my heart, it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. I was like, Holy Spirit, you didn't need to go there. You could have left this alone. But it was good because I said, God, I need you to work on my heart. I need you to work on my heart. And the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 36, this is huge. It says this, God speaking to, to Israel, he says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. This is the big one right here, verse 26. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you, and I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you, 
so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. I love the fact that God says, I'm willing to give you a new, soft, pliable, obedient heart. And I'll take out the old stuff. I'll remove all the bad stuff. And then not only will I give you a new heart, I will put a new spirit inside of you. He says, I'll put my own spirit in you. And so it's important for us today to recognize that. What do we need? I need my heart to be right. I don't need my words to be right today. We'll learn about how we talk next, next two weeks. I don't need to worry about my words. I need to worry about my heart. If I can get the heart right, everything else can work itself out easier. Why don't you stand up with me this morning? Everybody come in softly. I've got some people that are going to come down to help us pray. And they're going to lie in the front, just like we always do. And, and here's the thing. The Bible says that I'll, I'll give you a new heart. I'll give you a new spirit. And I'll put my spirit in you. This is what we call being born again. The Bible uh, is very clear on this. That whenever we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Whenever we confess our sins to him. That he forgives us our sins. When we declare that he is Lord. That, that, then we become born again. He gives us a new fresh life. And that's huge. And, and sometimes people question like... Like, why don't we do like repetitive prayers? And there's nothing wrong with repeat after me prayers. There's nothing wrong with that. I've got no problem with it. The, the one thing that sometimes gets me a little bit on the repeat after me prayers is I really want you and, and me for that matter. I want us to learn how to pray from our own heart. If you've got a problem this morning with your heart, if you've got an issue, if you need to give your heart to Jesus Christ, if you need to confess your sins and repent, if that's you this morning, I don't need you to pray my prayer. God doesn't need you praying my prayer. He wants to hear what you've got to say. Out of the treasury of your heart is what he wants to hear. And you may not know how to pray. You may not know what words to use. But but can I tell you, just talk to God however this morning, whenever I was talking to God, when I was praying before you guys got here and I was, I was in the room and, and I was beginning to pray, I just said, God, man, I'm really sorry for this. I'm really sorry for this attitude I had. I'm really sorry that I didn't step up in a way I should have stepped up. And, and now I recognize what I was doing wrong. I recognize the why behind it. I see the issue in my heart. And God, I'm really sorry. Would you please just, man, would you change my heart today? I just talk to him like I would talk to anybody else. So today, whenever I invite you to come down for prayer, I want you just to pray. And these guys are going to pray with you. They're going to support you. They're going to hold you up and, and love on you today. But if you've got an issue with your heart, we want to pray with you this morning. We want to pray with you. So why don't you close your eyes with me today? Nothing, nothing special about that. I just need you to stay focused for just a minute. I'm going to pray for you and Allie's going to sing. And when she does, I want you to come down to the front. Let someone else pray with you today. But right now, just in your own words, let's just begin to ask the Holy Spirit. Just begin to ask him to open up your heart. Just begin to ask him to uh, to search your heart. Holy Spirit, is there anything in me that's not right today? Are there thoughts or actions or attitudes that aren't right 
Holy Spirit, what is it that you see? God, what is it that you see in my life that maybe I don't see? What are the areas in my heart that maybe I don't recognize as being hurt? Maybe it is the words that you've been saying to someone else. Maybe it is the attitude you've had with, with, with your coworkers or with your boss or with your spouse. Maybe it is the way you've talked to your parents lately. Maybe it's not because of them. Maybe there's some pain and some sin and some stuff stuck in your heart. Holy Spirit, reveal to us today, reveal to all of us today what it is that needs to be worked on in our heart. What weeds or rocks need to be need to be burned up or dug out? God, what good things need to be put back in? Because God, today we want we want that clean heart, God. We want that fresh, that 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 new heart that you promised to give us. This morning, if if you need prayer for anything, anything going on in your life, I want you to slip out of your seat as Allie begins to sing. I want you to come down to the front and we want to pray with you today. So if you need prayer for anything, come out and let's, let's pray.